Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Uncle Dad Talks. I'm Uncle Dad, and as always, I'm with Mr. Mike Hampton. Mike, that song you just heard, tell them where they can get that song. I think they can get that on soundstripe.com. Mike, Mike, how do you not know by now? You know the shtick is old. They know that you're playing around. No. I mean, I'm just trying to make sure that I remember. You know, eventually the audience is going to be like, dude, we get it. All right, come on. You're, you're, you're pulling the curtain back too much, man. Get it together. <laughs> well, okay. Maybe, maybe that may be the case, but I'll tell you what. Shame on you. Well, no shame on me. Shame on you for using the same joke. Shame. <laughs> shame, shame on Know Your Name. Uh, speaking of Know Your Name, I know a discount for you, too. Soundstripe.com, if you use promo code UncleDadTalks10, that saves you 10% off your first month subscription. And, Mike, why is Soundstripe so great? Well, because you can use all of these different types of music at your full disposal, and it's all royalty-free, you know? And not just music, sound effects, uh, stock footage, stock footage uh, a bunch of other great stuff. You can even submit your own music if you are a artist of some sort, and you want to make, like, scores, and you want somebody to use it, put it in there, they can use it. Wow. Wow. That's exciting. You don't seem excited. Well, you're really excited about it today. I'm feeling pretty good today. I don't know why. All right. Well, I'm happy. <laughs> I'm glad you're happy. I'm happy for you. It's been, a, it's been an interesting week, as everybody should know by now. But it's, uh, I'm very happy right now, and I'm excited. And uh, before we get to our guest, I have one more thing we got to talk about. I think the reason why I'm so juiced mm. is because... You're on that juice. Yes, you're right. I am on that juice <laughs> by our friends at Rep Sports. Raise yeah. energy drinks. You know we love them here. Well, I, I've just been delivered a big box of... Raise, so I'm about to raise up. <laughs> oh, ooh, I like that. Hashtag raise up. R-A-Z-E. Yeah. U-P. Right. Uh, the best part about our partnership with Raise is that you can actually get any of their products from Rep Sports for 15% off. And all you got to use is promo code Uncle Dad. All lowercase, Uncle Dad. 15% off, 15-1-5 off any purchase on there. It doesn't stack with other discounts, so just keep that in mind. But it does. Get you some money on some other stuff. Mike, what is something you're interested in? Um, I like stuff that helps me sleep. Oh, well, they have something called hypersleep. Oh. And this has all the things you need for sleep. And let me tell you, I've done it myself personally. And when I woke up the next day, I didn't feel groggy. I didn't feel out of my mind. I just felt good. You felt ready to go. I felt hyped from oh. hypersleep. Wow. All right. I, I guess what you could say was when I woke up, I was ready to raise up. Oh. Oh, indeed. Indeed. Now. Without further ado, let's uh, talk about our guest, sir. Well, our guest today is uh, here to talk about a very uh, prominent topic that's, I guess you could say, trending, very much trending, especially in the art world, not just in the art world, of course, but um, yeah, he's here to talk about NFTs. And we talked about that on our last show a bit with our guest. With James Girat Patrick Dune. That's right. And um, But today we're going to talk more about... Um, how how to do it like what is it what are the downfalls what are the pitfalls why you should be already doing it um yeah it's exciting that sounds pretty exciting but i wonder you know what i'll wait till the show because i have a question about nfts yeah in our podcast let's wait we'll wait we'll wait about that yeah. but our guest here is very distinguished from my from my understanding yeah he has worked with a likes of Nike, Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg. You've heard of Snoop Dogg. Oh, I maybe. I think he has pretty cool weed, right? Corrupt. <laughs> corrupt. Oh, who, who the hell knows who corrupt is nowadays? <laughs> People who know corrupt. 
People in my age groups. Know <laughs> I was, you know what's funny? I was just going to say that, right? but I wanted to hold it back. I yeah, wanted to hold I'm it back. Long, I know. I saw you looking. <laughs> you gave me you, the eye. Yeah. <laughs> you gave me that eye like you were going to make fun of my age again, and then you refrained. So thank you. But uh, you know what? It's okay because you can make fun of me now because one of my favorite songs growing up, he's also part of. He directed the video for Lean Like a Cholo. Yeah. And who doesn't love that song? Well, apparently you do. So <laughs> I'm, I'm excited for you. I don't know if I, if I love it, but I liked it at one point. Yeah. Well, without further ado, please introduce our guest. What is his name? Gaetano Lococo. Gaetano Lococo. That's right. We'll be right back with this gentleman of a man just after this break. Hey, everyone. Baby Gabe here with a quick interruption before we start this week's interview. First off, thank you to all of you for your continued support. It really means a lot to us. If you enjoy our interviews, consider giving us a review on Apple Podcasts or whichever podcasting app you use. It helps the show and puts us in front of more people so we can continue to grow the Uncle Dad family. Let us know what parts of the show you love and what you'd like to see more of. Our goal is to ensure you're having the best listening experience we can provide. Consider reaching out to us on social media as well. You can find Uncle Dad at Uncle Dad Comics and Uncle Dad Talks on Instagram and Twitter respectfully. Mike can be found at Mike Hampton Art on both platforms. And you can find me on Instagram at babygabe underscore UDT. We'd love to hear from you. We have a few projects in the works that we'll hopefully be able to announce soon. In the meantime, I am currently streaming on Twitch every Friday and Sunday. Come watch me get drunk with some friends as we play games like Fall Guys and Portal. I'm also attempting to overcome my fear of the dark by playing horror games like Dead Space. Stop by and say hi at twitch.tv slash kingkiller underscore azoth. Anyway, I've talked your ear off for long enough. Let's get back to Uncle Dad and Mike. I'll talk with you soon. All right, we are back. Uh, thank you for that lovely ad, by the way. Uh, now, we are with our guest, Gaetano Rococo? Rococo. Lococo, sorry. Lococo. You know what, man? I don't know why I keep getting your name messed up. Uh, but we are with Guy Lococo. Uh, Gaetano. Oh, Gaetano Lococo. Um, That's I don't know. my whole life, always. I'm, I'm so nervous. That's what it is. I'm so nervous. I'm with a, I'm with a superstar right now. He, he directed Lean Like a Cholo. Yeah. And what's funny is he's leaning like a cholo right now. He's <laughs> so, just kind of leaning back like a cholo. I, I know. Uh, anyways, we are here. We're going to talk uh, NFTs, a bunch of great other fun stuff. Um, but today is one of those special episodes. One of the special, one of my favorites. Giving the keys to Mike Hampton. He gets the keys to the Uncle Dad mansion. Oh. What's in the mansion? <laughs> Nothing you're gonna like. Nothing but Ray's energy drinks. Oh. <laughs> um, Soundstripe <laughs> samples. <laughs> Soundstripe samples and uh, oh, and you can find Rabbit somewhere in there too. <laughs> running around, okay. <laughs> running around making beats. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yes, I am just gonna chime in here, uh, Mr. Guy. Let's. Uh, God. Are we glad that I'm taking yeah, the keys? Yeah, I think today? we are today because, yeah. like, Uncle Dad, Uncle Dad is just like, whoa. Clearly, he's not able. <laughs> uh, Uncle Dad got old today. <laughs> Uh, but yes, um, first off, uh, thank you for coming on the show. Uh, you said I could call you GT, so <laughs> to save everybody the drama, I'm just going to call you GT. <laughs> uh, welcome to the show. Uh, let's hopefully Mike will take you into the right place. He will guide you down the river sticks and we will figure it out. <laughs> river sticks. Yes. And uh, it's going to be a fun one today. Uh, we're all drinking. We're having a good time. So, Mike, please begin the show. So, GT, uh, let's talk a minute about. Your, your background. So, you know, you've got a couple websites. One of them is Gatlock, G-A-T-L-O-C.com. And you have another website, which is your, your full name, uh, GaetanoLococo.com. And when, when I go to the sites, 
I'm I'm immediately intrigued by the photography. Um, I guess you can you can purchase photography prints on there, correct? Yes, that is correct, Mike. And that's your photography. That's my photography throughout the world, and throughout times of uh, having solo time in the wilderness. Yeah, and so you you spent a lot of your life in art or do, doing different forms of different types of media of art, multimedia, illustration. It says obviously photography, design. So tell me tell me a little bit about your your background in, with art and design and and the photography. Well, first off, I want to say thank you, Uncle Dad. Thank you, Mike, Mr. Yeah. Mike Hampton, uh, allowing me on this podcast, this wonderful podcast. That's uh, you know one of the most forefront podcasts here in Oakland, the Bay. And thank you, the Bay. I love I love that. You know this guy come back anytime he wants now. Yeah, <laughs> well, I know how to rep my cities. <laughs> yeah, I'm enjoying it. I like it. it. I like yeah. it. I like it. Uh, once again, my name is Gaetano Lococo, uh, multimedia artist photography, uh, crypto, NFT consultant. I was blessed to, to be introduced to the game of uh, the multimedia world at the turn of the millennium, right there in 98, 99, 2000, when the consumer level scanner and digital camera became accessible to everyone uh, who knew how to get their hands onto it and knew how to use the tech. So learning traditional art through graffiti and also black and white photography, I was able to understand gradients, dark rooms, color balance, light balance. And learning those fundamental skills at first helped me use Adobe Photoshop and 3D authoring software and other kind of applications that could be used for graphic design, web design, and marketing and business development. So I took that and ran with it at 16 years old. 16, oh wow. Yeah. That's right when it was introduced. I have to also thank the Santa Barbara Multimedia Academy for having a program called the MAD Academy for students like me who are more involved in surfing, skateboarding, having a good time and being part of the social life. Didn't know my calling until I was able to apply my art skills into uh, day-to-day activities that you would do in school, such as a book report or uh, 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 instead of a book report, instead of just writing the report, you still write the report, but then you get to show a visual showcase of the actual poster, and so you get to use those skills in Photoshop and other applications to get a grade. Instead of just reading and writing, you get to visually express yourself, and that helped me be interested in something. And it was at the turn of the millennium when tech was really starting to come into uh, everyday life. So with that, I took that and ran with uh, all sorts of different mediums and always being in touch with the business side of it and knowing that I need clients to be able to apply these skills too so I could uh, enjoy a certain lifestyle of being able to live the way I wanted to and work with people I wanted to work with. So that's kind of beginning of it. Uh, I did get blessed and fortunate putting in a lot of hours and, and finding the right avenues of people like hip-hop artists who also were working very hard towards making music and songs. And I partnered with them and used my skill set to visualize his songs. And with that came a song that blew up back in around 2007, I'd say 2000, the end of 2006, 2007, that was able to really plateau my career to the next step of multimedia and and artist representation and just uh, industry I wanted to be involved with. So until that point, until this 2007 marker, you you were in Santa Barbara, you're in Southern California. There's, it's beautiful. There's beautiful people around. How do you stay focused on doing artwork in front of a computer, you know, and, and not getting lost in the, 
and the lifestyle of being on the beats or being, you know, running, I mean, running around being a maniac, chasing women, whatever it is. Yeah, no, that's, that's, <laughs> you know, you hit it on the head actually, yeah. Mike, because, uh, without actually my mother or without my mother instilling the values of paying your own, uh, car insurance and showing you how to manage your life and be financially set with certain, uh, responsibilities and making me do that at a certain age instead of the kids that I was around getting that taken care of for them. So I understood right away the discipline of being able to take care of your responsibility skill set. So when I found my skill set, I was able to really understand that. Uh, mm -hmm. So I, I like to thank my mother for that part. Mm -hmm. But as soon as I was able to uh, get an associate's degree at Santa Barbara City College, I went down to Newport and I went to the industry where graphic design and web design was really moving. And I just immersed myself in a lifestyle of surfing and working behind a monitor and working hard with new tech. Okay. So, so early on you had a balance of like, of being active, you're kind of in, in, in the ocean, you're in the water, you're in some form of nature, and then you also are sitting in front of a computer with this different mindset. And then so that leads you to working with, uh, this hip hop artist who you 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 produced uh, the music video with. Okay, so tell me about how you go from a student at a community college to now directing a music video for a rap star. That's an interesting story. Yes. So at the same time when I was at the community college, I was working for a desktop publishing company, like a Kinkos for Copy Max, which doesn't exist anymore. And inside it, they had Office Max. Mm -hmm. And I was 16 years old uh, at a community college working as a career-driven desktop publisher. At that time, there were other people who would cut paper, Xeroxes, and, and copies of, uh, you know, reports. And I was just designing business cards, restaurant menus. And at that time, there was another employee there. And she lived in Oxnard, a prominent Latino town in Southern California, next to Santa Barbara. And she told me about her cousin. He's a rapper. He's a rapper. He needs some photos taken of him. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll go down there and do that. For sure, for sure. Let me, let me get his number. I'll do that. Because I was like, there's rappers everywhere at this point, right? Everyone's rapping, I'm sure, at this point, right? Somewhat, yeah. yeah. It is right at the turn of Eminem coming out. So everyone's rapping, and everyone mm -hmm. wants to be a gangster rapper, and, mm -hmm. and they all want to get that gangster rapper money. Yeah. And I wanted to photograph and make cd covers and make music videos and at the time that's what was trendy yeah so i said i'd take a meeting i drove down to oxnard with one of my surfer buddies who happened to sell some sweet ganja from santa barbara and i brought my 35 millimeter camera to the meeting and a sketchbook before i had gaitanolococo.com mm -hmm. a website to showcase my portfolio the only way i knew how is to show him uh photography projects uh, multimedia projects with graffiti words and, and letters involved with Chrome effects and all the cheesy effects you could think of in the beginning of Photoshop. Mm. Uh, went down there and, and just hit it off right away with these gentlemen. He was a business-minded person. He had an image that he wanted to give to the streets and to make money off of, but he was business-minded and we chopped it up and had a great conversation and... I decided to uh, take the job and start taking photos of these gentlemen. And so they came out in their uh, you know, cowboys outfits, all ball headed essay with the, uh, the low riders. 
and and they just gave me nothing but respect and I gave them nothing but respect and it was fun and and it was something that I knew I wanted to be a part of right away and I knew this could take me somewhere and this was an outlet for me to take mm-hmm okay and so so now you're taking photos of them and you've shown them your portfolio they like your work and so now you're now you're directing the music video right yeah yeah after some time I, I built a reputation with him we had bunch of songs probably over before we had lean like a cholo we went out from oxnard to riverside long beach compton inglewood all the inner cities and recorded in studios with prominent west coast artists so so okay so you're you're doing that so how does and, and so you take this and eventually you're you're going on tour with him right like you're you're going on the music tour the concert tour the What's that like? We're on the road with a bunch of cholo rappers. Yeah, so so I played the the Italian. I'm I'm a Italian man. Played the Italian in the suit, and mm-hmm. I took care of merchandising. All I, I worked out a deal with him. So the business has always been a big part of my art. There, there's artists, and then there's businessmen who are businessmen and artists. And business has always been a big part of my art. Uh, working out deals, how I can not just get paid for doing the artwork, but also in a business sense, every time something sells or off a percentage of something. So I worked out a deal in the merchandising, which included CDs, DVDs, and T-shirts. So when we were on tour, I made sure all the merchandise was able to be purchased, took care of other random things, uh, cars, hotels, anything else that an artist rep can do. So I I became kind of like his confidant, and I was able to kind of reel in all these bald-headed essays that were... uh, all great men and all played a certain part that helped uh, shape the music and, and, and shape the, the, uh, the ownership of the music um, as far as uh, being involved with the music videos and songs that, you know, it, it costs money to get a feature from a certain artist. So, and these artists, they want money. They have high lifestyles. So artists can charge up to 10000 to $20,000. And that's the benefit of a record label. But when you're not a record label and you want to keep the masters, need to find investors so everyone would kind of invest and we all invested in in a future of of his music which ended up being a, a great investment or gamble or uh what i'd like to say is an outlier i mean hard work uh while this man was also creating music he would open up a bakery and sweep the bakery at five o'clock in the morning and sell chickens wow you know, really that's true move forward wow that's pretty in his cool. business and so that disciplined mind I was very drawn to and attached to that. I saw that this was just just a business and music and an image. And at the time, before YouTube, mind you, Mm -hmm. and streaming services, where you actually had to press a CD up, go to the warehouse, have the artwork ready, uh, author the DVDs, get all the printing ready, and then you had to pay for everything. This is hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of merchandise you'd have to put up before you can sell it. And yes, the record labels take care of those kind of situations for a lot of the artists, but really don't know what you're making because they're making it off you and it's only a one-time fee so investing in yourself and putting into the projects the avenue we we reached and that was able for us to uh move a lot of product and have fun so that's that's one way i i i indulged in in making a living and a lifestyle off the music industry yeah yeah it's interesting how you know in all the in all the different forms of entertainment whether it's art whether it's music um you know how it used to be 10, 20 years ago compared to how it is now, it, there's much more involved um, as far as like getting your feet on the ground, moving, hustling, doing, you know, you've got to go to the record store. You've got to get a physical thing made. It's not just copying, pasting a link, right? 
Exactly, so, exactly. Making that awareness. Yeah, and, and it's a lot of work, and it's a hustle. So, And I understand that hustle, Coming, doing a similar thing on my own, much more smaller scale. I wasn't you know, making music videos, but, but I understand the hustle of it, and I understand the amount of work it takes. And so I think there's also a sort of appreciation when you've gone through that and when you're at this point now to where now you're now you're kind of this uh, uh, renaissance man of, of all these different things. So how do you get from that point to learning about cryptocurrency and the NFT world? I know that's a huge gap in there, but like if you could give me a quick kind of DeLorean speed through there of like how you get from that to where you're at. The one thing that I said before is the turn of the millennium. Mm-hmm. I've been shifting my skill set with technology evolving and and evolving technology it's only become better, quicker, faster, worldly and accessible to everyone. So staying on the forefront of learning about technology as I was growing as a digital artist is one of the main aspects that's always kept me uh driven and hungry for finding new outlets to be able to make a revenue stream. Uh Came across crypto exactly when this all crashed down for the housing market and Wall Street. And at that time, I I got more heavily involved with uh, web development and uh, flash animation, Uh, a technology that does not exist anymore. Mm -hmm. But that's fine because there's still JavaScript, which is the bare bones of flash. And all the animations are still there now, too. You can even use your old FLA files for Adobe uh, animation, FYI, for any of those artists out there who don't know what to do with their flash files, you can repurpose them, and you can turn them into NFTs if you'd like to. All oh. there as well. Genius. So with the evolving <laughs> technology, quickly into the future right now with NFTs, the non-fundable tokens on the blockchain market, which is this is doing this is the standard of what blockchain interfacing is this so before you get into that just so our audience who might not know what that is can you explain what blockchain market is please yeah so let's go first with bitcoin so think of bitcoin and now the new name everyone's hearing is ethereum and with bitcoin think of it as gold and it's a payer payee value you can't write any contracts to it it's only pay and pay with ethereum it is on a contract driven blockchain where you can set residuals to it you can set contracts to it there's platforms that are now going into the future with gaming uh collectibles the art industry uh music video and soon enough holographic video and and really mainly where where this will really shift on the blockchain is with the virtual world when people are spending time with their headsets in different virtual worlds collecting and spending money on the blockchain, fiat, or not fiat anymore, but now it's just cryptocurrency, the world currency that everyone in the world can interact with and not just be monetized in one value of their country. Mm-hmm. So that block, the blockchain would be that then? The blockchain is the network of the oh, communication through all the contracts and all the ledger systems and digital currency that is on an open source platform that was originally made for Bitcoin and was left as an open source. So all the technology and all the new coins and all the altcoins are based off an open source. And that's what the blockchain is. Gotcha. The man that everyone wants to know who is created. 
Gotcha. I always get confused when I hear that word blockchain because I don't really understand what that means. So that kind of helps me out. So thank you. Yeah, or confuse more people and know what, what blockchain is. You but, know, but, but I think it's okay. I think it's good to be confused because then you can ask more questions. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think it's a good thing to look at that, right? Um, okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, so uh, so back with uh, changing with the technology and the times, web development was a big part into uh, the crypto space for myself with uh, being involved with other programmers and other developers. Uh, I happened to just see a, a pool of talent. I partnered with some guys. They knew how to do some mining stuff, and uh, yeah, things were a lot different, you know, 13 years ago with uh, mining and crypto and and to people. But just just real quick, mining. So uh, that's that's where the Bitcoin comes from, right? Like that. There, there's actually these people that are generating. So so the quickest the quickest way to explain what Bitcoin mining was, say, 10 years ago, mm -hmm. is when people were downloading torrents or downloading illegal music software application software and there would be that ad that popped up before you could download if you didn't pay for the shared the the, the upload uh, storage lockers mm -hmm. that click is what mines the bitcoin it's an ad revenue sale that if you had so many different storage lockers working for you with so many different downloadable linkable pirated software that's just one avenue of it whoa but that's <laughs> that's additionally what certain mining could have been done back in the day is this uh, too much for you, Mike? I'm following. Okay. So it's just a matter of clicks. It's a matter of clicks. To, so how, whoever could have the fastest server to get the most clicks with however way they're getting the clicks to be able to mine the digital currency to get paid, that way was collected the most Bitcoin. Okay. All right. One way. Okay. Uh, so I just thought it was cool. And uh, it's a digital tech. And uh, I you know, knew there was a lot more coming with, uh, with uh, technology evolving. And... Uh, Blown away with with what the programmers I uh, ended up knowing and and uh, being involved with could do, and yeah, they blew my mind. Really quickly before we do before we dive too much farther in, into you, I kind of want to get your opinion on something. Um, there is a negative connotation with Bitcoin and Ethereum uh, because of the, you know the, the dark web, right? Uh, I'm just kind of curious what's your what's your opinion on that? Like, I mean, is there a way to kind of should we come up with a way to stop that, or we should should we just allow it to be what it is? So yeah, that that is correct. the The original part of not really blockchain, but just Bitcoin, was overshadowed by Silk Road back in. Uh, I haven't heard that term in a while. Yeah, <laughs> so it was overshadowed because it's you know it's an anonymous payer payee. There, there's a ledger system, but if you mask your IP or uh, there's there's no bank account, there's no name, there's so, no social security. So yes, that did overshadow, and you know the federal government got involved. Federal government got kind of uh, too involved yeah. and it not didn't really work in their favor as well. They got involved and they shut that down and uh, it now has progressed past buying drugs on the internet. So that, that I would say is just an old stigma that, you know, is, is washed up now with, with the value of artists like uh, Grimes or Jack Dorsey selling his first tweet. Um, yes, there's still, you know, always be a, 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 a dark web or a black market for things. And, uh, that's going to be very hard to uh, always eradicate. But one thing that's certain is Bitcoin, blockchain, cryptocurrencies are here to stay because just this year, the federal government, the IRS, have now introduced a checkbox on your tax returns. Have you ever bought, sold, or traded cryptocurrency? Mm. So mm. that's showing the legitimacy of the cryptocurrency space now that the IRS is going to be 
holding accountable for that kind of can take away that stigma of only criminals use Bitcoin. Absolutely. And that's kind of what I was hoping you would kind of bring up, because I, I think that's great about that. I think there is a lot of stigma to uh, cryptocurrency, right? It's like, oh, I, Mike, are you familiar with Silk Road? Have you ever heard of that? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes. I think because um, you always hear about that, the, the horror of Silk Road, right? Of what it was and whatnot. And then you, when you, you know, someone like yourself talking about cryptocurrency, it's, it's I think it's always an interesting thing to bring up. Like, you know, we can't forget about, you know, the dark side, right? Yeah. But I think with anything in life, the more good will always come out of whatever is dark, right? Like if, you the know, light shall prevail. Exactly. Right. And I think that's kind of what we're leading into. So I, I appreciate you kind yeah. of touching into that real quick. So thank you for that. But I mean, that, that still brings the draw to it too. I mean, like they say, like uh, any controversies, PR and good controversy, you know? So, uh, yeah. And so, and so the, the, there's the Ethereum, which is what is used when people are purchasing NFTs, right? That's that's the the main for now for now until the, the, Cardano now. will take can hold too. So okay, that, uh, yeah, that's another fun uh, contractual uh, cryptocurrency that will be offering NFTs on their open platform markets as well. Okay, and so so basically, I don't know if if all of our listeners know, if not, but people NFTs are are non fungible tokens. People have been taking their art as one form, which we'll probably talk about most because um, that's kind of what we revolve around is, is art here. Um, and they're selling like a digital, a digital file, so to say, uh, for a certain amount of Ethereum, which equals a certain amount of dollars. And then that person becomes the sole owner of that piece unless they sell it forward or, or whatever. Is Correct. That and on the, tr and on the, the value of Ethereum on the, trading crypto space market that is 24-7, not a closed market. Right. So it's always, it's just a fluid shifting thing, yeah. right? And, 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 you know, eventually, who knows where it can go, up or down. And uh, But over time, the blockchain is here to stay, mm -hmm. and Ethereum is here to stay. So those currencies are now, now another tangible currency. Also, to bring awareness to the space, too. You also have to think that the NFTs are something to bring value to cryptocurrency. Same with the gaming space and video space as well. So I have to ask, with Ethereum, is one Ethereum, is that a value of over $1,600? Currently, it's at about $1,600, yes. That is it, crazy. Yeah, and about three weeks ago, it was at $2,100. It hit its peak. Okay, wow. So, yeah, and so then when it, it went down, then yeah. More uh, more announcements kind of fluctuate with it. But um, what, one important thing with the NFT, especially for digital artists or artists, graphic artists, if you think about it, when you are a graphic artist in Illustrator or Photoshop or whatever graphic software you are using, unless you're making t-shirts or prints, that's the only way you can sell your artwork. Why wouldn't you be able to list your digital artwork on a digital space where it's only in digital worlds? But with that digital world, you can use it for, say advertising on billboards with our LED or projector driven or where it's coming soon is holographic driven. So your digital artwork will always be able to be showcased in certain areas. When you walk into a lobby of a hotel and you're getting your artwork licensed for sitting right there in that lobby, not just sold one time at an auction house and your family and your kids and your kids' kids don't get any of that money. The big, you know, museums get that money. Uh, it, it makes so much sense 
for graphic artists and digital artists to use that as a launching point. Well, I'm glad you said that because <clears throat> I myself am a graphic artist. A lot of my friends are. So kind of walk us through this. So I have a file. I, I created this file in, in a mixture of Adobe Photoshop, Illustrator. I've made it. I've posted it on my Instagram. Look at my new print. Go to my website. People can buy the print. It's $25 for a print. I've made, I can make as many as I want. People go and order them. I ship it out to them. I sell them in my store. I sell them at a Comic-Con. Now I have the digital file, and I want to make it an NFT. What do I do? Yeah. Now what? That's the question. Yeah. I don't know what to do. Tell so me. here we go. Yes. So first step is to digitize the artwork where it is under 10 megabytes. Let's just stay for a, a, a Photoshop or Illustrator file, separate from MP4 or video. Okay. Making sure the file is under 10 megabytes, JPEG, PNG, or GIF. Once you have that under 10 megs, your file, you're going to need to open up a crypto wallet, a crypto space, because you can't just take USDA right away and purchase your NFT or, or make your NFT. So you have to open up an app like Coinbase. Coinbase, yeah, that's what I use. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, they're one of the most trusted exchange companies as of now. They are going to be listed. It's not going to be an IPO, but it's going to be listed on the stock exchange coming in the next couple of weeks here. Really? Yes. Oh, it looks like Uncle Dad's going to hop on that. Exactly. So with that comes uh, so opening up Coinbase, buying. Well, fir first steps are starting this process as soon as you can, because there are days and sometimes uh, hours depending on your account fluidity. So opening up Coinbase, setting up an account, and to be safe, to be able to do one NFT, you're going to want to start with about $600 transferring from your bank account into Coinbase and buying Ethereum. There's gas fees when you do purchase these. When yeah, you Gas fee is a what now? Just yeah. Gas fee is like an energy fee. So to be able to communicate from one world to another, you have to pay that service fee or gas fee is the, the the fun technical term so maybe like if you're pulling money out of an atm there's an atm fee right this is a similar type of thing you're taking us dollar you're putting into a cryptocurrency on on your coinbase you've got to pay a fee for that correct that, okay correct. I, I was thinking about it like a bridge like a bridge toll it is because like what you're saying about gas like fee, a bridge toll yeah and, and that's that's yeah. the beauty of of coinbase they they offer you that exchange to be able to use their platform by paying a little fee and being part of of the you know the, the trending world of uh, Ethereum and cryptocurrency and uh, the NFT market, so so paying a couple of these gas fees to be able to transfer from your Coinbase into now Coinbase Wallet, which is an offline ledger system of your coins stored for you, not on the exchange. The exchange is just when you're doing trading or back and forth with different conversion of cryptocurrencies. So you need to be able to fund your wallet. And you need to first purchase through the Coinbase or Coinbase Pro. Uh, I would recommend Coinbase Pro. There are uh, less inexpensive fees to be able to transfer into wallets. And this is not an advertisement, by the way. Yeah, this is not an advertisement. This just happens to be the, the quickest way without having to sign up to three different exchanges and two different wallets and having to be uh, exposed with more companies having your private information. Because with Coinbase, 
comes your driver's license, front and back, and sometimes a piece of mail if you want to be able to uh, trade over $10,000. And they want to make sure that they're on the up and up so we can move this space to a, a, a future space that is just a household name, which listed on market will be a household name and you got to be careful too because everyone your mother's going to get involved and there can be some tech support and tech issues too when everyone tries to flood and do this so taking the opportunity now is the most important thing especially with when it can take a couple days or a couple hours depending on your fluidity of your accounts so transferring into coinbase wallet you're going to want to like i said have about 400 to 600 dollars in your wallet so real quick just so that you 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 get you Use your money to get cryptocurrency in Coinbase. You then take crypto money that's in your Coinbase and you move it into a Coinbase wallet. Correct. Which is, they're two separate things, two separate apps. Two separate apps, but the same company. Same company. Okay. So you're still staying in, in the umbrella of Coinbase LLC. So now you've moved however much money, let's say $500 into your Coinbase wallet and now it's sitting there. Okay. okay. Now what do we do? So now you are funded in your Coinbase wallet. Mm -hmm. Now, once you have your artwork under 10 megs, JPEG, PNG, or GIF, you can now go to Rarible. And Rarible is, is the only marketplace to actually create an NFT through imagery without programming or without any other ways of having to go a part of the blockchain. So it can start off to be as simple as uploading a photo onto Facebook, Instagram, or even sending an email. But there are some of the variables and descriptions you're going to want to be very aware of. So go to Rarible, have your wallet funded, and first, when you get to Rarible, you're going to need to connect your wallet. There's multiple different wallets that can be connected into Rarible. Uh, the reason why I started this off with Coinbase is Coinbase wallet is accepted with it. It's Coinbase is an accepted uh, platform. So let's stay with what we know. It's an American platform out of San Francisco. And it's and the user the, the user interface is pretty easy. Like it's yeah. it's it's pretty easy to understand. It's, it's so great. It, it is. It's not it's like so great. there's yeah. not a lot of there's not a thousand buttons and stuff to pick from. It's it's pretty yeah. smooth. And, they don't put all the financial terms on there. And it's American. We can't forget that. Yeah. We right. gotta represent America. I do like to represent uh you know, a worldly guy, but I do like to represent our post Trump, post Trump though, post Trump. <laughs> Yeah, just always American, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's, I guess that's it's true. It's the land of immigrants. We came here, I mean, Italian-American, hey, you know? like I love that, man. Here, I love like, that. Italian-American, Mexican-American, and... American. Mike. American. <laughs> <laughs> and just Mike. <laughs> well, no, but we all came here from somewhere. That's the thing. And that's the beauty of this country. Exactly. It's, it's, it's the independence of uh, working hard and, and getting, you know, what... what I love that, man. A solid day. I love day, that. solid day. Life, you take that. Bro. You take that solid day's work, and you put it in what in your Coinbase wallet. There you go. And we buy some NFTs. Yes. So continue. The, so be careful of the FOMO. <laughs> yeah. The, the hype of it all. Yes. Just, you know, just this. Okay. Once again, like big thing with cryptocurrency and everything. Yeah, it's it's great. It's about fifty six thousand dollars right now, Bitcoin. But you got to realize it's been around since two thousand and seven. It didn't just do this overnight. It did do this overnight a couple times. Once in two thousand seventeen. And then once this year again, but it has taken time to be able to be this. So don't go in thinking you're going to get rich quick overnight. Can I just say something about that really quick? Because a bunch of artist friends of mine um, have seen this and the NFT thing. And there is like 
myself included, yeah. there's this FOMO of like, oh my God, mm -hmm. all these people are making all this money and the art is shit or whatever. Like, how do I get in there? What do I do? And it's almost like this panic yep. of like, I got to hurry up and figure it out. Mm -hmm. Right. And part of that's why we wanted to have you on to like mm -hmm. help talk about it. But also it's no guarantee that you're going to put your art up there and then you're going to make a bunch of money right off the gate. Right? Exactly. Exactly. You need to be aware of the fees and, and, and this is a pay to play. And this is not an overnight get rich scheme. Like I'm saying again, this is something that is a future that is coming, that is here now, that has grown and driven since the pandemic. Everyone has now relied on technology, comfortable with technology from rural counties to cityscapes. This is now, the time is now. And, and this is where we are going once again on the blockchain. This is going to be the ledger system that's based on worldly throughout the world, all the way into, sounds crazy, but whatever Elon Musk is doing up on space and all those good things, there's always going to be a chain of system of command. And that's what we're going into. Now I want to quickly, <clears throat> we're talking about um, rare, rareable, right? Uh, our, our previous guests, we talked briefly about NFTs and that's with uh, the great James Girat. Uh, James Girat's a very accomplished artist and he, we still keep in touch with him and he's a doing... Australian gentleman. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's doing NFTs right now. Uh, what I wanted to bring up with you was, um, foundation uh foundation apparently is like the hot platform uh from what he told me that's like the the platform would you would you agree with that statement or do you think foundation is a whole different thing for artists at least yeah for for artists correct uh foundation is they're coming out with a beta i believe testing last time i looked to actually be able to list and be accepted but yeah foundation for digital artists uh yeah that's traditional artists yeah. yeah that that's because you got to define the non-fundable token space. It's not just a, a GIF or a JPEG or uh, an animation. Um, there's different avenues. So at different avenues of it have different platforms, like Top Shots is for card collectors. You wouldn't find... Really? I, so I'm a card collector myself. Yeah. When you say that, what is what does that refer to then? Like, you mean like Pokemon-type cards? Like uh, LeBron James cards now. Oh, like sports cards. Sports cards now. Interesting. So, but that's an NFT as well. So, yes. Th so, so foundation, correct. That's that rareable, open sea, nifty. Uh, there's a new one, artistry. That right now, if you go to join the club, you can, uh, if you're an artist, you can get on the list right away, and they'll probably offer a free listing for their first people. Uh, this is just research that I do, but you got to realize that there's different spaces for the NFTs and there's different listings. So interesting. Now with that same mindset, it, what is, is there a platform for the audio platform? Like is the audio audio. So for example, you know, you have all these things coming up for, you know, foundation, whatever coming up for these, for these digital artists. Mm -hmm. But now I know like Kings of Leon is mm -hmm. going to release mm -hmm. the very first album mm -hmm. NFT. Either it did release yet or it hasn't released yet. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I'm curious, like, you know, I'm sure podcasters are hopping on that too, as, as we want to. Yeah. And so I'm kind of curious, um, is there a platform that's focused on audio? Yeah, that's a great question. The audio, I've actually been, a, you know, in OpenSea, you can have MP4 and you can have WAV and video files, but I need to do more research into the actual MP4s and, and into the, the WAV files for the NFT market. Like, I'm curious, how long can you have a video file up there? Right. Like, can it be a four hour podcast episode? Can it be a four hour chanting of a mantra monk or something? Or can it be a 73 hour episode for our special anniversary episode? 
Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're going to call you in for that. Too, so, I don't know. Okay. So really, I have to or say. Or could it be <laughs> like uh, your wife recording you snoring and you say you don't <laughs> snore and she puts it up there. You know, you know what? Like, That's cool. But that doesn't make us money. <laughs> no. So but 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 to your your point. So someone I follow and it, it's comedy, it's culture is uh, Andrew Schwartz. I'm probably saying his name too Jewish because he's not Jewish. Schwartz. Schwartz. Yeah. <laughs> he's a comedian. Uh, he was just on Netflix. He had a big special. He's also with Charlemagne the God on the Brilliant Idiots, uh, East Coast DJ. God. Um, and, and they had a controversial figure on their podcast now that they've taken from New York into Miami. And it's called Flagrant 2. And it's on YouTube. Flagrant 2? Flagrant 2. What yes. Is, what, what, what is it's the Flagrant Army, the asshole army. Wait, what is that? Do you know what that really? is? Really? Wow. Mike, I, do you know what that is? No, I don't know. No. It, it, yeah. So, it, so, okay. We, flagrant we must... 2. Flagrant 2. Yes, that's As the name of the people? podcast. Or it's a flagrant podcast. Flagrant 2. It's a podcast. Just, yeah, that's the podcast. Okay, explain that to me, please. <laughs> They're just the asshole army. I mean, you got to check it out. <laughs> I mean, go to YouTube, Flagrant 2, Andrew Schwartz. He's an up-and-coming well, as, comedian as... that is about to be a household name. I thought he already was during this time or with the Netflix really? special he had. Uh, he did fast spoken to- uh, comedy, kind of like John Oliver, but American. And uh, he did it with uh, with with quick bits. So so the attention span of the American people or the millennials or the Gen Zers is is you got to hit them in like a minute. That's why TikTok's a minute, I guess, or 90 seconds, a minute 30. Or you got to hit them in like 17 minutes. So this guy just keeps speaking, speaking, speaking. But he has a team of writers and developers. And he, he touched bases on pedophiles, uh, the pandemic. Uh, um, what was the the other um, the, the riotings? So Black Lives Matter stuff, the rioting, and, and he put his two cents into it. And politics, obviously, it was a bunch of peas he did. But yeah, Netflix, Andrew Schwartz, great, great comedy. So he had this controversial guest called Alex Jones. He's a crazy right wing conspiracy theory guy. He got banned from YouTube and all these things for saying ridiculous things. And he kind of talks like this. Yes, right. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's got to take a shit and he's drinking too much uh, vodka. And they had him on there, and they gave him too much vodka, and they had this episode that was about a couple hours long, and uh, <laughs> oh, YouTube had it on there, or they put it up on YouTube. YouTube took it down, and and they happened to just move to Miami, so all their backup servers were in New York. So the only place they had this podcast living was on the YouTube space, even in their downloaded files, and YouTube took it off completely. And so their new topic this week was, well... Can we find that episode? Someone must have recorded that episode. Can we make it an NFT? Can we put that up as a podcast? So, so to you with with what the platform is for uh, music or video files, that's a great question. I, I, what's so great about this is it's a research driven uh, technology that's everlasting and moving so quickly that I've only been focused on the art and other movements that I haven't come across the MP3s. I mean, yes, I know you can on OpenSea and other things. Uh, so what what breaks that too into an interesting question? is where the intellectual property come in, comes into play with NFT art and who owns what and what really owns what. If someone recorded that show, downloaded it to their drive, made a WAV file or AVI file, then uploaded it onto the blockchain as an NFT, is that the person who paid for the minting and the token process or is it the artwork or is it the recording of the actual artists that own it? And can they be demand for it to take it down? Mm. So where are the lines of NFTs with the art world? Can someone take a picture of your car, make an NFT, and sell it and get paid $2 million? Well, because you're not buying the car. You're buying the photo of the car. Yeah. 
but it's that person's car who owns that car. But what about the car company who made the car? Yeah, and what about the car company that made the car? Exactly. See, that's you know, that's what's going to happen. The landscape's going to change that's drastically. So I think. <laughs> and so, but and right now, I think uh, it's it's like I think you've described this before, like like the Wild West. Like mm -hmm. right now, mm -hmm. everything's just everyone's doing anything they can to like to to make the money, right? Yeah. yeah. And so soon things will tighten up. But right now, it's kind of like a free for all mm -hmm. in a way. So, so yeah, it, it is. That's correct. And and getting involved right now when it's kind of the free for all, and 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 joining things when they're still in their inception is what I think is, is key. Also, if you're an artist, just another platform for you to be able to uh, showcase and, and and present your work. I mean, in the beginning, it was get a website. Then it was get a social media handle. Yeah, very true. Now it is get an NFT. Yep. So then use your NFT on the social media, on your website, yep. and market and push it and bring awareness to yourself as an artist. Right. That's that goes back into your point. That's of right. What do you do with your prints and Yeah. And so okay, so now I've got an NFT. I've I've uploaded a, a, a JPEG into Rarible. It's a piece that I've had for, you know, two years. I've sold, I don't know, a hundred prints of it. Now I've got the digital image on, on Rarible. I've put it at, you know, there's different ways you can list it as, as a set price or as a auction. And, and, and what do you think is the best way to, to sell your, your NFT as an, as an auction or as a set price? Yeah, that, that's a good question. Uh, I have two listed as an auction and I have one listed as a set price. Mm -hmm. So, for myself, I, I'm holding what's valuable to my icon, my, my Gatlote character, which is a man in a briefcase, uh, 99-2000, before Mad Men, before Anonymous Group, Packers put logos out. Just something that worked for me. Um, and, and it really, that that's the beauty of it. it it's, it's what works for you best. Setting a bid, you're bringing more awareness, you're bringing more hype to it. You can set a crazy high price. You could do it as 30 Ethereum. Versus setting a set price, you're setting it at two Ethereum, seven Ethereum. Uh, I think the importance is too if if you're son, if you're doing just one single NFT or multiple NFTs with different rights to it to be able to own that print multiple times. Uh, if you're doing a one-off, I think bidding would be the most important because okay. there's only one of one, right. and you can have that go. In time, as long as you want, until you're comfortable with that price, or what your set price is. So let's say we, you know, I, I don't know, we were doing Uncle Dad trading cards. Let's just say, uh, we're doing Uncle Dad trading cards, pictures of me and Mike for some reason. I don't know why, but that's just what we're doing. We're uh, not going to do that, by the way. <laughs> oh, we might, we might. Yeah, I mean, Mike. It's we'll not, let the audience think of a tangible object. That's not the Uncle Dad. Sh it's not the Mike show. It's the Uncle Dad show. So he has to do what I say. <laughs> but um, let's just say we did pictures of me and Mike, and they were like a trading card pack, right? Uh, and I wanted to only do fifty packs, right? Would that be something we bid for, or would that be something that we just do set price for? Well, see, that, that's the beauty. It's it's whatever you think you're comfortable with, but. So if I wanted to sell it for five dollars, let's just say five dollars, that would. Be well, it's not dollars. You got to remember. Sure, we're, sure. We're, in this world, we don't exist in dollars anymore. It's Ethereum. Okay, we'll, we we so make this in future. The money. fiat, the <laughs> USDA is gone. It's, gotcha. Or the ETH. The, the ETH. ETH. Yes. Yeah. Right. See, when yes. you say ETH, I think of the ether, and I'm just like, man, it's lost in the ether, bro. So it's interesting that you say ETH. You know, like you know, I don't know. I guess that makes me. I don't know. It just makes me think of something different. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, it's new. It's so new, right? Like. 
I had a I had a friend come over and how I found out about NFTs was he said he bought a nifty with a neath. I don't know. It was some crazy thing that the just was terms, like, yeah. Yeah. So anyways, it's it's up to you however you want to price it, your it art. It is, yeah. Right? Yeah. So so the fun part so back to Rarible when we were kind of describing what you do with your artwork to get it up. So once once you 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 do connect your wallet into Rarible mm-hmm. and then you want to create your NFT on Rarible, you hit the create button. You'll create that and what's so interesting is once you give the description, the name, how to unlock it, if you're going to do bid or set, then you can go down to royalties. And you mm-hmm. can set a royalties on when someone sells once you sell it to a buyer, when they resell it to be able to get Ether, eventually to put their Ether into whatever currency, whatever fiat they want to put their currency into, you get a 10% buyback. What? Really? So that's what's so interesting about this. You can set the royalties to whatever you want. If you want 50%, you can do that. And you can set the case on how many times they sell it. You get a percentage. Can you do 0% or no? If you want, yeah, but then you're not, you know, as an artist, you're never going to get paid again. Well, we're not saying that, but I'm just yeah. saying, like, if I wanted to be a generous, like, you know, yeah. okay, whatever. Yeah. Fascinating. It's fascinating. And, and this is just, this is the acceptance of contracts on the blockchain cryptocurrency marketplace. And this is what separates Bitcoin from Ethereum or any other blockchain currency. You can set contracts now driven that will always hold value. So, in, and I noticed another thing when I was uploading my image and, and setting my, you know, whatever that was going to sell my image for, there's, there's also like a reserve, right? Like, like, so I put, you, you listed the bid, the, the beginning bid, I guess, is zero. So anyone can come on and say, I want to bid 0.002 ETH, which is however many dollars equal to. But it, if it doesn't, hit one ETH, like your reserve, similar to like eBay. Like you could post something up for auction on eBay and if it doesn't hit your reserve, you don't have to sell it. Is it a similar, that's the same kind of thing with Rarible? Like if it doesn't hit your bid or your reserve, then then you don't have to sell it? Correct. It, it's yeah. all in the, the contract driven. So mm-hmm. what you set the parameters to and the variables to, the, the contract driven of setting your NFT up. So, can, I, can I ask, do you know, has there ever, you know how they do like the packs, right? Like, you know, what how does that work like the pack the pack the because i've heard of like that like you can like pull a draw of a like pack break what, what a pack break is that what you're talking about no. yeah, like, like let's say i don't know pokemon let's say yeah. pokemon so this is great this is great let's say, po- let's say pokemon releases digital nft mm-hmm. cards right how do you do that how do you make it randomized so see i don't know with the randomization but the beauty of what pokemon with the physical cards introducing with the nfts is that's a tangible value of a marketing sure. toy. So, Absolutely. And yeah. which, which I like to touch base on, like, even though the artwork is still digitally, I think being able to mint it in 3D, 4D, as well as a digital file and providing that to your, your, your buyer who purchased your artwork is, is kind of a fun way to market it as well. Uh, you know, Banksy would disagree because he burned the one that he created originally to mint it as a digital. But that's Banksy. He's a well-known artist. Real quick, that, that's the first time on the show you've mentioned the word mint. And mint, explain what mint is. So, so minting is the tokenization of your artwork on the blockchain network. And that's where the gas fees 
And that's where connecting your Coinbase wallet and Rarible together to take your artwork and go through the minting process, which is fees to turn your artwork into an ERC-2020, which is a file that is listed on the blockchain system and right now is afforded by Ethereum. Okay. Well, yeah. So that was actually pretty precise how I said it, so that's good. Yeah. Awesome. And in a scientific clear. way without getting lost in it. I'm so I'm proud of myself, but it sounds like but even myself hearing myself say that, I'm still lost in what that means. So I understand everyone who's still lost in what that means, but it's it's it, it's making more sense now every day and watching this marketplace really. I mean, I know what it means, but that's that's the thing. And then another fun thing with this is, oh yeah. What what are you? I'm we're 82. What are you? A birth birth year, brother. Oh yeah, I figured. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you guys are 82. Mike, I'm sorry. He said that, not me. Uh well, I, I don't know if that's I'm gonna be 29 today. Okay. <laughs> 29. You're today. not that far off. But anyway, so regardless, <laughs> regardless, you would think the younger generation, people underneath, you know, in their twenties all know what these topics and what these terms are. They really don't. It's a select crowd and a select crew that has been putting in those hundred hours, not 10,000 hours, but that energy and that research into this. So that's why the FOMO, instead of thinking where you're going to make the money, the FOMO is this is still so untapped with where the technologies are going to go and the minds that can come to this technology because they are not aware of it yet. When there's more minds aware of this technology and how this becomes the forefront of how we move and everyone understands it, will skyrocket and that's over time and over hard work right and and i'm interested to see you know in a couple of months when we listen to the show again like what's happened because just in the last couple of weeks you've you know the nba is selling a plays like highlights as as like a card but it's you buy the highlight mm -hmm. I, mark Video, cuban yeah. now has yeah. a has a nft gallery is going to do an nft gallery where people can yeah, go yeah he went into nifty he he's a big he's the number one vc in, in nifty and a couple other gentlemen i mean justin timberlake a bunch of it's the same people who are the, the smart money where these people putting their money is the smart money in the smart bet and that's what to follow and how to understand where this is going. And yeah. and it's once again, this is in time and this will be the marketplace, not just for artwork, not just for cards. Uh, it can be amusement parks. It can be Coachella maybe one day. I don't know. Oh, you know, God. it can be anything. <laughs> well, okay. So now we've got, we've got, we're on Rarible. We've, we've got our wallet. We've, we've, yes, we've put our art up. We've set, how we're going to sell it say okay let's just say i'm going to do an auction the starting bid is at zero the 10 i want a 10 percent commission if it sells again now i'm going to hit the button to list or create whatever it is on mm -hmm, rarible mm -hmm. um yeah so I hit uh, that mint part. mint like mint. you said when you brought up to me the minting mint. process yes i'm going to mint so now i've minted it and then it i see something happening where i have to sign a digital signature mm -hmm. to basically that's saying correct you authorize this? You authorize this, and they will provide you a QR code. Right. And this is not 2010 when QR codes started to popularize everywhere. This is an actual value of a collectible of a QR code that is designated on the blockchain to your artwork or contract through the blockchain. So in your wallet, instead of your funding section of Coinbase wallet, where it lists your coins that you, ho you own offline, you'll have a section that says collectibles. In that section on the tab collectibles, you will store your QR code of the original file. 
So that's where you store, which, which, mind you, this is very important to always keep your passwords online and offline and written down because when you lose your access to your wallet, you lose everything forever. There's no tech support that's going to help you. This is not get your password back. This is it. So that code of random 12 words they give you, your Coinbase wallet from insane surf, uh, skateboard, street, keep that somewhere safe like it's your baby certificate or your your driver's license or your uh you know your passport your passport exactly so so once you go through that process you now store that collectible as a QR code in your wallet until someone has purchased or you're satisfied with the bid for that digital artwork that you will send to them to own with the value of ethereum so that's the monetized value of your artwork is the QR code Right. Now, is that the same thing for audio? So that I'm going to look more into. Hopefully next time, if you guys have me back on, I, I will have some more updates with the audio because to tell you the truth, with the Lean Like a Cholo stuff, I'm going to go approach him and and uh, we're going to talk some more about what we can do in the video space and and using that more with the, the, the video and the audio. So I need to know. But I know in OpenSea you can do videos and, and all the GIF animations, but there are an MP3 and and another gentleman at the, um, the Oaken, Oakland... Uh, art library brought up in a talk I had is the file the same as 10 megabytes with an MP4 and and that question too I found out is actually at 24 megabytes when you do do the MP4 you can really upload. yeah I looked into that so you have to compress it then pretty hard you you do I mean or but you got to think how long how long that can go you know so right hmm. so as of now but the technology is sure sure changing so rapidly so i want to get your opinion on something and but, but quickly let oh, me finish go ahead, go ahead, yeah. sorry, go ahead. let me finish so once you have your collectible then rarible will list from when you filled out your descriptions for your nft on their platform and they will also popularize the open c platform then with having your uh your rarible file or erc 2020 file or 22 file you can then go to foundation like you brought up before and when they are um uh, allocating they might be now i'm not sure but when they're allowing people to list the, their personal nfts public people not people who've been artists for a while uh you can go there artistry nifty any other ones with uh, a, a a gas fee you know and and that happens to be with what ethereum's trading at so right now ethereum is relatively low from what it was two weeks ago so now would be the time to start starting that process to minting tokens or artwork or photos or any other tangible item you want to put on the blockchain market. What what are some of the fee costs, just so people know? Exactly. So so we started with uh, Coinbase Wallet about, we said $500, $600, $500. You're looking at one NFT, $220 to $300 currently right now. Uh, a couple days ago, minute a couple, it came to $285. And, and that was because of set parameters and we did the ERC20 file instead of the rareable file, which is just a different listing of, of NFT file that's on the blockchain. Mm-hmm. So, so 280, okay. but it fluctuates. So, right. and, and it fluctuates with price too sometimes with what you want to list. If you're going to list yours for 200, I think there may be a percentage of that gas sure, fee sure. as well. So if, I, if I'm going to ask what I was going to ask was, um, I thought pro- something I was, thinking, I was thinking about right now when we're talking about randomization, we're talking about like Pokemon cards, right? Yeah. Now, hopefully by the time this airs, we'll have this figured out. But I have an idea, and I'm curious about your opinion on it. 
I don't think I've ever heard of a podcast doing randomized packs of the podcast. So let's say, let's say we did an NFT, right? And there's a chance to get an audio, an actual podcast or just random audio files of like me and Mike just talking mm-hmm. or the actual episode that never aired, right? But the, the thing is only 50 packs exist and only one of those packs will have the episode that never existed. I've never heard of that before. Yeah. And, and that goes back to the Wild Wild West. Mm-hmm. Gunslingers. Do you think that's a, an idea we should play with? I think that's a great idea, but you got to take in consideration to hold the value. There can't be any other ever out there. No. And so that, that and I'm thinking there wouldn't to, be. Yeah. What do you think, Mike? I'm just curious about your opinion. Yeah. On that. I mean, I think it's a great idea. It's, it's a great idea. Yeah. Like, like 50, let's say a pack of 50, right? Mm-hmm. And the only way to get this one episode that you and I made, and you know what I'm talking about. Yep. And the only way to get that episode is through buying these packs. Correct. And if you don't buy these packs, you you know, you, if you buy these packs, you might get a, a literally just me and Mike just bullshitting, like talking about our day. <laughs> yeah, but out of 50, there's that one, there's and there's that, that one chance. To and get then that only episode that brings a very merited, he's this artist, this artist is very merited too. Mm-hmm. So it's a lost episode we thought we lost, but I actually found it. It even sounds more interesting. But yeah. So So basically, this conversation, this part of the conversation is like, how do you make, when you're listing your NFT and you're promoting it, because I want to get into that next, how do you make it sound like, I want that? Like, how do you get people's attention? Because already there's there's thousands of NFTs on there. There's thousands of people with art. Some of it's great. Some of it's, you know, uh, whatever. I, I the beholder, right? Yeah. And so my question is, how do you promote? Like, obviously one way is to make, oh, there's, there's 50 of these and one of them has the special thing. And so that creates the... Craze like you want to get the special card in the pack, the hologram card or whatever it is. But what's how do you promote? Like how do you, I've listed two NFTs mm-hmm. on a on a on a bid, on an auction style, no no bids. How do you how do you promote this so that someone cares? Wait before you answer, mm-hmm. how have you not brought that up on the show? Well, I, we've been talking about this this whole time. By your product? No, I'm just I've mentioned that I've done that. Well, hold on, but we're well, going to promote that real fast. Well. I'm trying to help you out right now. By the time this airs, it'll be over. Yeah. <laughs> so, so next week? Yes, but I tried. I tried. <laughs> but what I'm, but what I'm saying is like, there's all these people. Like, how do I, how do I get people to care about my NFT? Yeah. And I'm not yeah. just saying me personally. Yeah. I'm saying my, Every, I'm yeah. the artist yeah. who's listening to this show. The, the, yeah. Right. So, I mean, see, there isn't a formula for that yet. That's why you have to look at it for digital artists as a tool. To progress yourself as an artist and progress the marketing and the hustle of yourself as an artist. Uh, personally, the value that the artwork's in a hold is kind of what I touch base for one second, and that is the virtual worlds, the VR, mm-hmm. virtual reality. So imagine if your artwork was now on the blockchain NFT market and it was able to be purchased in a virtual reality world for example decentraland is a, a vr world that has been gaining a lot of esteem and a lot of users and they actually have their own crypto coin as well mana uh, currently it's seen its peak from 40 cents to 98 cents right now it's it's trading at 88 cents but it doesn't matter about the price it's putting that artwork in that vr world where when you buy that digital artwork you have your digital space in your VR world where you can hang that now and you can showcase and 
keep it stored in that V world, VR world. So that's one marketing. I mean, I like to use the word gimmick, but that's kind of what it always is. Marketing gimmick to put it in there, but aligning with your artwork in the digital space in the VR space is one way as a marketing tool I think you could use, but see there, there is no formula. It's like, that's just what pops up in my head. What's the next big thing? Yeah. VR. What works on VR? Right. Blockchain. What is VR monetized with? Blockchain currency. Yeah. So NFTs, they just sold a house uh, in the Decentraland world. Uh, the first physical real estate property in this world uh, for Decentraland. Atari, a brand that's been around since the late 70s or so, right. is now licensed their name and their games into Decentraland in the casino section of so the virtual reality. So really quickly, shout out to Atari. Shout because, out to Atari to solidify these yes, VR worlds. Because yes, because Atari and, is going to be on our show soon. So okay. shout out to Atari. Nice. I love it. Thank you. And for Atari seeing where they need to pick exactly. up from losing to the console game wars, I yes, would say. Absolutely. I and mean, then what they're doing with the Atari hotels. I don't know if you know about that. I do not know about physical so, hotels or yeah, in the yeah. VR world. Physical okay. hotels. <laughs> so yeah, that must all intertwine. Are we allowed to talk about that? Yep. Yeah. See, that all intertwined. That makes me want to buy more mana. So I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. And I can talk about this. Uh, we are actually going to have the Atari CEO on the show. Yeah. Uh, not, but not Atari. The Atari Hotel Company. Okay, okay. And let me just tell you what I've seen already. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Fucking mind-blowing. Yeah. Mike hasn't seen it yet because no he's not on the VR. VR so there are no... Wow. <laughs> it's incredible. See, now that this is where I align dots. So as a consultant... When I give people information about crypto space or crypto things, you always want to have facts when you're talking about a certain kind of coin or altcoin or currency. So right there, that just aligns some dots for myself with what there I know about go. Decentraland. And now they have physical components because obviously those physical places will be promoting their yeah. VR world in those hotels as well. Absolutely. Besides the old video games. Yeah, yeah. It's Best of both worlds and the and, licensing. And Atari VCS is coming out soon. Are you aware of that? I'm not aware of that either. So we're talking Atari. Atari is a big, Atari is going to be a big partner of ours and uh, they're already aware of that. But uh, Atari VCS is going to be their new console. So they're okay. actually making a new console. Wow, and a new console. So, so here's the best uh, part. It's not even a console. It's a, it's a goddamn PC. You can, you can literally make it into a PC. So all you do is install, like, let's say Linux or Windows, whatever uh -huh. you want, right? You just made this awesome looking thing that looks like an old Atari yeah. into a mini powerful PC. Okay. It's amazing. That comes out April 10th, I believe. Okay. And we're doing a whole feature on it. And me and Mike are going to talk about it in detail. Interesting. And it's already been approved. So that's why I can talk you about it. You can talk about it now. Yeah. 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 Wow. But, uh, yeah. That's interesting. What I think is most interesting out of all that is that we had to clarify if it was. <laughs> A virtual, oh, yeah, virtual. A virtual hotel <laughs> or, or a real, a real yeah, hotel. Yeah, yeah. That so that's where you know where it's going. Yes. And I can tell you where the real hotel is going to be because yeah. they they've already announced it. Palm Springs? No. Oh, that's a good call. But no, the first one's going to be in New York. New York, okay. Tokyo, Vegas. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Now, I'm sorry. We, we talk, it's not about Atari, but it's so, fucking awesome. Well, no, that's, it's see, so that's exciting. Where, that's when you know the future is coming. The future's here. For someone who surrounds itself around tech, I choose to live around uh, no monitors in my Zen room. Mm -hmm. I like to go out into the wilderness to be able to balance myself. And when I'm not looking at a monitor to make money or make artwork uh, in any forms, I'm not watching, uh, binging my TV. Yeah. Maybe once in a while when I'm giving massages to my lady, I will be. Um, yeah, so we're, uh, when you say that, it brings me to another thing I want to mention to you. Uh, but real quick, to close on my NFT or the people's nft 
They've posted it. They've, they, there's a bid. Yeah. No bids. How long does it say that say it sets for five days? And what happens at five days, no bids? Done? Yeah. It's over. It's, the, the, it's ended. Is that right? Uh, that is right. And the fees you've paid, if you want to list it, you got to pay them again. You got to pay them again. Okay. That's, that's, that's the pitfalls of paying. Yeah. Uh, I just got a, a text that I can say when I was coming over here. One is that I started to get a bid on one of my NFTs, but I've had a client who I've been doing some call, consulting advice for. And uh, so even when you do, as a, a, a finance guy or someone who's trying to, to, to make money off this space, this is what it says. Hi, GT, I just won an auction at Nifty Gateway for a really cool nif Nifty piece that holds meaning to me. I'm not sure what the next step is because I don't have MetaMask. Let's talk over the weekend. So even when someone purchases something, they still don't know what to do with it. Right. And that's what's so confusing. This is a hot growing space. But without the knowledge of where the value is, it kind of gets lost to the doorfront. You're, you're, you're part of the FOMO. Mm -hmm. So now, uh, luckily for him, he has me. I can give him some consulting advice, how he can store that and keep it in his collectibles and how he continue to collect more and eventually buy the hardware for projectors or wearables that will display your NFTs. So that this is a lot of information for, for me let, let alone for our listeners. Is it because of your old brain? Yes. Okay. And um, <laughs> so how can, if people have more questions or they want to know, like to go through the process or, you know, how do we do this? How do they find you and how do they have you help them? Okay. So GaetanoLococo.com, G-A-E-T-A-N-O-L-O-C-O-C-O.com. Go to the contact form. Fill out some information. I'll call you back immediately yeah. and uh, tell you what the fees are, what we're doing. Uh, really, I just like to take the opportunity to be able to talk to someone who's interested in the space. Also, I have kind of a finance kind of feed and, and website that I'm building to go along with that. Currently, it's called thehuntfinance.com. Also, the Hunt Finance at Instagram. And then uh, with Gaetano Lococo comes gatloke.com, which has a lot of my uh, graphic design multimedia pieces throughout time that I have on there listed that you can purchase for G clay prints or as NFTs, which each one will be getting mm -hmm. made mm -hmm. as I go. Uh, this is a lot. And, and it's a lot. Yeah. And, and you, you mentioned something earlier and one of the things I wanted to bring up and I know we have to wrap up here and I really find this true to true to me is how do you find the balance of doing all of this crazy crypto you're on the computer, you're figuring out, you're, you're reading all these, it's just, all of this overload, like how do you find the balance to not go crazy so you can lay down and sleep at night? Like what do you do to, to make yourself a human still? Yeah, yeah. Right? That, that's very important, especially in this tech world. Uh, for myself, the wilderness, uh, solitude, or, or sharing the wilderness with others, but wilderness meditation is has been a calling for myself since I left LA back in 2016 and headed to the mountains for a little bit for my resurgence in the Bay. Mm. And uh, I use a, a basic form of Sanskrit meditation, which is uh, called the Gaia tree. And I also just use the basic understandings of what's important in the real world. And that is shelter, water, fire, and food. Mm -hmm. so when you put yourself out in the wilderness and you're relying on yourself and you set a goal of miles or days out in the wilderness, and you, you, you set your gear, your food, 
uh, what you're going to sleep in, everything that really just exists in the bare minimal of nature. That's how I find my recharge, my rejuvenation is going out in the wilderness, wilderness and surviving for one night, two nights, three nights. And these can be places like Idaho, the Sawtooth Wilderness. It can be in the Pacific Crest Trail, the John Moore Wilderness, through Mount Whitney, Joshua Tree, uh, Zion, uh, Glacier National Park. These kind of places is what I pick and, and I, I choose to set out as a goal every two or three months to plan out a trip to be able to go to these places and really just uh, let them overtake me and, and, and uh, extinguish my, my thoughts of, of always researching and learning and trying to be so involved with tech because you're 100% into something you need a balance in life. And I found my time in the wilderness and meditating and, and surviving out there has what's balanced myself. And, and that's what I've always wanted to uh, share with others as well eventually here. Yeah, yeah. Like salt of the earth, the yin and the yang. You can't always live in the computer world. You're still a human. You're an organic being. I'm right there with you, man. Yeah. Like uh, I need to find my time in nature at least once a month, just unplugging airplane mode away, and then I can come back and not completely lose my mind, right? So, um, and and you lead some kind of meditations with that, right? Is that is that true? Is that, am I saying that right? I or? do, yeah, yeah. Uh, over time, I've been doing some unique uh, wilderness meditations with a Gayatri, a Sanskrit language, and also just the fundamentals of enjoying your 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 mind in a natural space. And uh, I guide people out and make sure they're they're warm and they're fed and they're happy and and they got some uh, miles on their soul that they know that they can do when you know when they're sitting in traffic, uh, going through divorce, getting ready for a big meeting, uh, whatever life's throwing at you. When you know that you can survive on your own and in the wilderness, those little day to day things can really, uh, uh, with those tools, can really help you go through those day-to-day -day activities, knowing that you are stronger than what is really in front of you. Um, so I, I've used that as a tool, and I've used that as a great tool to share with others who, who are uh, wanting to be mentally equipped with having the knowledge of how to strengthen your soul so you're ready for the day-to-day -day, uh, grind in the concrete jungle if that's where you choose to be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in, in our culture, it's very fast-paced, go, go, consume, you know, get the big house, get you know, the, the better job. But really what matters is if you're warm, if you have been fed, and if you have water. And, and some of those are just the basic things. I, we don't even think about them because yeah. we're so consumed with our latest post and if yeah. we're getting the account. And yeah. anyways, so how can people find, that's part of your repertoire. Yes, yes. So And, and how do they find that? So that is, as brilliant as it is, wildernessmeditation.com and Instagram. Uh, dot com forward slash wilderness meditation and um send me an email at gaitano at wilderness meditation dot com and uh just follow along and, and if you want to go on a journey and or you want advice on on how to do this or a great spot i'll just give you the advice as well where to go and and what the right equipment and don't overpack your pack 
just just go with what is in your soul and and head out there and and uh tell well tell someone where you're going if you're not you know be safe yeah. be safe yeah, I don't, <laughs> send, we should be send, safe send out there, out there. <laughs> just but, go get, get lost and disappear call, and i'll lead you in the right direction but right. here we go yeah well i'm i'm, I'm i might be going with you on the next one we, we're, we're definitely doing it, it. Yeah. Yeah. i think we should do an uncle dad trip Let's we do should it. do an uncle dad trip and, and we should do a, a little recordings of the nature just to play back we nature should do for that. some of those I, it's it's funny you say maybe. that because I've actually been thinking about that that we should do an episode like that. Well, you're speaking the language right yeah. now. Let's do yeah. it. Yeah, man. we can just uh, shoot up really quickly up to uh, say Castle Peak, right up, uh, you know, in the Sierras, right before Donner Pass. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Do a couple pull-offs and then put a couple things on our pack, walk out, and set up the generator that can be solar powered, nice. and uh, we can record and and do the damn thing and and uh, enjoy a hard kombucha and some. Nice. Uh, the meat some carnitas or whatever you're thinking you oh, know i like it yeah. he speaks to the mexican's heart i like it <laughs> now but when i travel there's something i always think about is what am i going to read and as i ask everybody uh on every episode of uncle dan well minus a couple but we're going to make it more consistent um if you can recommend any comic book uh book uh anything out there for our readers to lead our readers our audience to read uh, what would that comic book be? If it's not a comic book, that's okay. But yeah. usually, we want, to, we want to stick in the comic book realm. Yeah. So please. So, so I think uh, as an artist, I'm drawn to art, and I, and I like popular culture. Uh, I, I've uh, so so uh, the Marvel Zombies. Wow. About <laughs> ten years ago, I think I came out that. with some hardcover ones. And and I'm not a collector. You know, when I was young in the 90s, I had some Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, sure. G.I. Joes. I had the Ren and Stimpies, uh, the Death of Superman, those kind of things. Uh, but but as later in my life to be inspired by artwork, I really enjoyed the Marvel Zombies uh, one, especially with the one with Duckman, kind of tying in the pop culture. And, and one of the Andy Warhol pieces they did with yeah. the zombie face i really just in, was inspired by that so i would go marvel zombies now i'm not sure if that's still around now or no, but if i'm i have to ask you something uh marvel zombies have yeah. you they, they they're still doing they're still marvel. doing they've marvel done it so many okay. times they, yeah. they, they didn't they did spinoffs uh you know who else did one it's marvel zombies 2 was done by the man the legend himself robert kirkman okay yeah um he wrote the first. He wrote the first one too. First one. Too. He wrote the first yeah, one too. Right. Yeah, I thought he why. just did the second one. No. Yeah. The, he wrote yeah. the first one. Uncle Dad is incorrect. Oh. Well, Uncle Marcus. Dad. But now, okay. can I ask you guys hard this? Hardcover though. Always hardcover because you want to be a collector with the physical. I mean, I don't know about the hardcover, but <laughs> I well, say I don't buy personally. I say much, first so. prints. First prints. Right. Uh, well, that well, I guess he's so. a comic collector. I'm a so. huge comic collector. So yeah, yeah, I'm a so. book collector. Instead yeah. of DVDs, you come in and you just see nothing but books. But right. then I have some graphic novel sections. So there's so some I get that too. I totally get that. Who don't like to read long? Obviously, of Homer books. I just had to throw this at you real quickly. Yeah, you've obviously read Marvel Zombies, but have you read Marvel Apes? I have not. I think I may have seen one or two covers. So do me a favor, this, sir. Yeah, Marvel Apes. Read Marvel Apes because okay. it is in the same realm as Marvel Zombies. Yeah. yeah. But they turn as apes. As apes, okay. <laughs> Go figure. Um, <laughs> my good, my good sir. Thank you so much for being here. Um, Mike, do you have any uh, last words? I do. I have a lot. I I feel like we didn't get to it all. As we never do. We never do. We never do. We, we never enough time. But you're a fascinating guest, and I appreciate you coming. I appreciate the fact. Most of all, I appreciate the fact that you bring forth the point of balance. Because I think that is key, and I think that's what a lot of people get so stressed out and have to take meds for and lose sleep over. And, and so I really appreciate that part about what you're bringing. And, and, and so thank you yeah. for, for making that a part of it. Yeah. And, and I love that. So 
Thanks, Mike. Let's have you on again yeah. after some time and see where this has gone. Mm -hmm. And then I'll have some more questions like, what are the pitfalls of all this stuff? Yeah. And like, I think uh, you know. we should have him on the special anniversary episode. Yeah, there's an anniversary yeah. episode that he mentioned earlier. We were going for the Guinness Book of World Records for the longest podcast yeah. for like 72 or three hours. 73 yeah. hours. Okay. Because yeah. the record is 68. We're going 73. Why? Because we're, we're not just going to beat it. We're going to make a point to beat it. I hear you. There it is. So, yes, get ready for that. That's coming up in but May. Why was it not 69? Why 68? Well, fuck them. I don't it care. Should, it should have <laughs> been 69. It should have been 69. Said, but we're going like, to go... Well, yeah, no, 73. We, we right. could, so the funny thing is, Baby Gabe, shout out to Baby Gabe, is always editing. He was like, oh, we should do 69. <laughs> and I was just like, nah, dude, if we're going to do it, we need to make a, you know, a good mark. Hey, well, I have one request real quick before we end this. Okay. I want both of you guys to give me 10 push-ups. Wait, why? That's just how I do. <laughs> I mean, I'll do it. That's I mean, just how we do. Yeah, right, right do now. It. Let's do it. Let's okay, that's just well, how we do. I, I can't record that. How do I record yeah. that? Here, use this mic with me. Okay, uh, baby Gabe, you can decide to keep this in or not. Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> oh, no, you got to keep it in. This this is the you better tell the, baby the Gabe. Tell baby Gabe. Right, so here we go. How are we gonna do it in this little small space? We're just gonna do. We're just gonna move some. So what we're doing right now is we're doing push-ups. There is no space to do this in. I can't even. They're doing without me. I can't. You know what? It's my show, so I don't have to do it. Without further ado, Mike is doing his push-ups. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening, and as always, love each other, respect each other, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>